Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, a big day here. I don't know about you, but do you get a lot of curling texts from your non-curling friends? No. No. So today I got a text from my friend Cam and he was like, oh, Scotty, is there going to be an episode of the Game of Stones podcast called Kelowna Controversy? (laughs) I said, that sounds like we need to have an emergency session of the podcast. So here we are. And uh, that's what I'm going to title it, which if you're listening, you know that that's what I titled it. So good job, Cam. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let him know. I'll tell him to download it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, here we are. It is Wednesday evening, just after 8 o'clock Eastern time as we record this. And let's get right into the main part, I think, of the controversy. And that is the sports network deciding to no longer air games from the Pan-Continental Curling Championship, which is going on over in Kelowna. This was announced yesterday on Tuesday. And one of the things that we like about curling fans and the curling community is that nobody ever overreacts to broadcasting questions or broadcasting issues. Everyone is always very level-headed about it. Nobody ever overreacts to anything related to broadcast. So, Certainly the reaction mirrored that, but let's just go over it real quick. So the games on the weekend and Monday that were scheduled, so the men's and women's games on Sunday, so the men against Korea, the women against Japan for Canada, and then on Monday, Canada, Australia on the women's side and Canada and the United States on the men's side, those were shown on Mm -hmm. TSN as planned. But starting yesterday, they announced that all games, including playoffs and the medal games, are now going to be on streaming. And in the announcement, it says tsn.ca slash the app. So I don't know if this means the TSN Plus, which is different from if you're a subscriber and can watch online. So that that I actually don't know because... What they put out just as tsn.ca, but in the release, they're saying TSN+. Plus. So that's a whole other issue. But Scott, they have moved everything off of TV online for streaming. Now, one of the things that has come out about this is that TSN was not particularly pleased with the quality of the WCF's production. I did watch some of the game Monday night. And as is the case for international world championships, Vic and Russ were on the call, clearly not there. And yeah. it was WCF production giving the feed back to TSN. They, they've done this for years and years and years, not really ever in Canada, but it's a, a regular occurrence for overseas ones. I didn't really notice anything different. I don't think the WCF production is great anyway. So 
you know, TSN is the gold standard. Sportsnet's pretty good at it. The WCF does what it does. So that's the situation. Scott, what was your reaction to this bombshell? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hadn't been able to watch any. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like in real time this week. I, I've seen some games sort of on the replay and on the DVR. But uh, yeah, my my initial thought was, oh, that's too bad because the playoffs are sort of what you want to show. My my next thought was like, what does TSN have that's going to draw more eyeballs than this? No. <clears throat> Last night I I was on the on the TV and there was a basketball game between the Knicks and the Cavaliers, I think, on TSN, and I thought, right. okay, I mean R.J. Barrett, I guess, uh, but curling is sort of one of their things that they do the best and does draw eyeballs even this kind of event early in the season when it's canada playing against other countries it tends to be more highly rated than uh, an event like like the slams yeah people like to see canada this kind of takes the place a little bit in terms of the inventory for tsn of the canada cup it's a little earlier obviously a month earlier but it kind of does take a bit of the inventory. They were not going to show all of the games. When you look at the teams that are in the A side of this, the games against Guyana, Chinese Taipei, they weren't going to be shown. They're only going to show the, the games against teams that you're familiar with and you wouldn't expect a blowout. So Korea, Japan, the United States, those are the games that people are going to see, but you're right. It's one of these things that people are going to tune in. It, the, the, there really is no production cost for TSN other than Vic and Russ calling the game and some some producers and such being there uh, or in the studio in a truck with them. So it's it's really one of those things. It doesn't seem like it was a cost factor, but if they were that dissatisfied with what was coming out of Kelowna from the WCF that they didn't feel or that they felt potentially it would compromise the integrity of the channels that's a real problem yeah that that is a real problem and so we haven't talked sean you and i about the recast situation we have not with the wcf not having sort of that dedicated home anymore for their feeds does the quality suffer given that they don't have an infusion of cash to help prop it up from that that sort of broadcast partner so i don't know what the like if the feeds are that bad then tsn is well within the rights to not show it the wcf did make a point of saying tsn was the only ones that had pulled out and the games for example in japan were still going ahead in korea i think were still being broadcast as per, per the plan so yeah i think uh for me it was like well I, I was setting my DVR to record these games and I think a lot of people would be in the same spot, right? Uh, the, the curling demo tends more to the people that have cable and are less inclined maybe to watch the game on the internet. I won't say less able, um, sure. but, but less inclined to seek it out on a browser pr- platform. 
so in that sense, I think it, it's too bad for those kinds of fans. It's too bad for, for me as that kind of fan uh, at this point in my life where it's just easier to do that than uh, try to stream something at work. So yeah. that, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's really too bad. And it makes me question then what's going to happen for future WC, WCF events in this year when those events get held outside of Canada, what is the policy for TSN going to be? Are they making this move now to try and make sure that the standards are higher for late events later in the season? Sort of draw that line now and make sure that things get better? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I think that that could be part of what TSN is trying to do to send that message. I'm looking at their schedule right now for tonight. So yeah. currently the Bucks and the Raptors are on. The AEW Wednesday show is on. They're showing WTA tennis from Cancun, it looks like. They have Atlanta United against the Columbus Crew going on. So that's what's on the, the network at this moment, all of those things with the exception of the tennis will be done by 10 Eastern time. So, you know, that, that is a slot and there is a game tonight on the men's side for Canada that would have been on TV. Yeah. So those are slots where, yeah, you could put it in, in their schedule. It does say TSN plus for the game tonight, which is, as I say, different from just normal TSN that you can stream. If you have a subscription to the TV, it's, more complicated than I think it needs to be for TSN, but Hey, Bell Media, you know, they got to get their bread. Yeah. I'm on right now the curling feed on TSN plus. Yeah. And it says live coverage will resume shortly, but I was able to access it with just my, with just your TSN. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. We'll see at, uh, at 10 PM what the status is, but yeah. So, I don't really know what to make of it all. I mean, the world mixed had recast as part of it. This new reformed recast that is different, different owners, but the model is similar. So I didn't try to watch any of the games from that, to be honest. So I don't really know how that worked, but something is off with the entire streaming side and the production side from the WCF. I think we should probably try to get somebody on from recast potentially, or, or somebody who knows about this reorg of recasts because moving into the new year with the world championships, that will be a pretty important thing to see how that is going to work its way as the company refinances and reorganizes itself and reestablishes Mm -hmm. its relationship with the WCF because clearly something is not working. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really too bad because curling, as we've mentioned, is such a good TV sport. Yeah. And when done right, games can, they're really engaging. You can hear the athletes, you know what they're thinking. Like it's just so good on TV. And the fact that we haven't been able to find a business model that will work for everyone to, to yeah. get this product uh, into people's eyes is really sad. I think. Yeah. I don't know if you want it in your eyes. I think you want it in front of your eyes. 
No, I want it in my eyeballs, man. (laughs) But this also speaks to some other issues going on with the Pan-Continental Curling Championship. Last night, apparently, Brad Gushu and his team were told that they were not to wear thermals under their uniforms. Brad Gushu did talk before the event that he doesn't really like being in curling clubs. Apparently... They get a little chilly. I guess that must be one of the reasons. But they were told no thermals under the uniform. The WCF tried to clarify today and said that if you are wearing thermals under your uniform that protrude out or that are visible, they have to be the same color as the rest of the uniform. What Team Canada was wearing did not comply with that rule. I know Jonathan has tons of stories about WCF uniform rules and how just mm-hmm. arcane they can be. So this one seemed a little weird. Brad Gushu also ripped the WCF for the fact that the players have to warm up outside, that there's nowhere within the Kelowna Curling Club for them to have a space that they can warm up before the game. They, If you ever go to a Briar or a Scotty's or a Grand Slam, Try and get there right when the gates open if you're curious to see how players warm up because a lot of them do some pretty extensive calisthenic type routines. Some will kick soccer balls around. Hacky sack is popular too. Yeah. So just, just to get the, the legs going a little bit. So it's not a case of, as we do usually, you get out there, cool the slider down, two slides. I take two slides play the game they're not doing that so there's a little more into it so if there's not space for them and they're being told to go outside that doesn't seem great so brad gushu is not really pleased with the world curling federation at this moment yeah it's uh, devin haru has a the story about it uh he's he's quoted as saying i'm a little angry i'm upset (laughs) insert the uh, drake (laughs) music clip here um yeah, and and uh, he also mentioned that the the athletes aren't being paid to participate in this mm. event. At least the Canadian athletes are not being paid. Uh, and having been told that they would be on TV to give their sponsors airtime, having that pulled out, you know, midway through the week, is also something that that's upset Mister uh, Mister Gushu. So. Uh, yeah, valid. All things valid, right? If you're yeah. an elite athlete and you're trying to perform at your peak, being able to do all of the things that you need to do to prepare to uh, execute is is important to having you be able to succeed. So yeah, not having space to warm up, having to share uh, locker rooms that are cramped, you know, because the women and the men are using the same locker rooms, even though they're alternating the, their time spots. So they don't have like the early access to get into the locker rooms if the draws are two hours apart. Uh, yeah. And uh, he also mentioned like they're selling tickets to this event, but no, his team's not getting paid. So right. who's getting that money? Yeah, not great. I And so the WCF did say they were experimenting with curling clubs for some of these events that are, I would say traditionally less well attended. Uh, this I mean, year. it's hard to have a tradition for an event that's in its second year, but it, it didn't do well last year. No, no. And it was in the bubble arena, the McPhail yep. Center in Calgary. I'm sure for the buildings as well, they don't want to give up their building for 
you know, 10 days, two weeks to have not a lot of people come through when they can put junior hockey in there and it's, they know it's going to draw probably better over, you know, having three games over the course of a week, you'll draw more than you would for uh, this kind of curling event. So it's a tough spot uh, that they're in, uh, that the WCF are in, but at the same time, I think what Brad is saying is that athletes should be the number one priority over catering to fans or trying new things. <laughs> right. And I think I would disagree a little with Brad Gushu on that. I think they have to try new things. I don't think, yes, obviously the athletes are important and need to be taken into consideration, but there also needs to be consideration for like, cause honestly, if you were to say pull some of the athletes, they would probably say no time clocks, for instance, because like, I'm sure if you told Kevin Cooey, Hey, no time clock, he, he'd be in on it. He would vote for that. Right. And that would be terrible for fans. Cause we would still be at the Canadian tire center in the 2018, uh, the 2017 <laughs> Olympic trials final, it would still be going on. So, you know, like there are things that athletes don't like that are good for fans that are good for the sport. They, they don't always work in conjunction together. And in terms of the athletes being paid, let's just point out that this is a delightful tradition amongst Olympic sports, Olympic specific sports. So not professional sports that also participate in the Olympics, but purely Olympic sports, which curling is now one because when you go to the Olympics, you don't get paid either. And the IOC has made billions and billions of dollars off of not paying its athletes. So this is something that Olympic sports seem to justify their own existence by Mm -hmm. saying, well, we can't pay the athletes because otherwise the sport wouldn't run and this. And I don't know how true that is for this particular event. At the very least, you can have prize money and basically turn it into a cash spiel. You can do that and ensure that there is some form of compensation for these folks. I think one of the challenges associated with that model, though, is that essentially everybody can sign up and play in this. So Mm -hmm. the teams in the B side, like since there is really no qualification process to enter the event writ large, it's there, there is a process to get into the A side. Yeah. How do you kind of manage that? I don't really know. I don't know what the financial realities are. I'm convinced that this is not a revenue generating event for the WCF at this point. No, no. And it is only the second year of it. We didn't like it when they announced it. The Pacific Asia Championships were an established thing. It was fun. People liked it. It was different from the Euros. And then you had this America's Challenge thing. I mean, when you look at, and we'll talk about it in a minute, some of the teams on the B side and some of the results, that probably doesn't happen in the America's Challenge system. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you also pulled the plug on an event that a lot of folks liked and had some regional staying power to it. I don't know if it was a revenue generating event for the WCF either though, which is probably one of the reasons they went to this model thinking that, Hey, if we have a somewhat major event in Canada every year, that's another dip into the Canadian market. But thus far it has not worked. That doesn't mean it won't work in the Mm -hmm. future, but so far it, uh, it's not going great. 
Not great, Sean. Not great. And I we should say, uh, you know, that Brad Gushu did say that the volunteers have been good and he really likes the club and the people are great, but he's really, it, it's aimed at the WCF. Yes. His ire. Yes. Yes. I would not be surprised either if behind closed doors, he and Carrie Anderson are giving some side eyes to the folks at Curling Canada as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you, Sean, you yeah. tweeted something from our account that their statements on yeah. the TSN ha- had been. Exact same words. Yeah. Using the same phraseology. So. Yeah. So uh, they clearly come together. Yeah. Coordinated on that. I'm sure Curling Canada isn't thrilled with WCF and TSN that the, 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 the coverage also got pulled. I'm sure Curling yeah. Canada has some side eye towards the WCF and TSN. So I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know who is to blame. I just know that I can't watch on TV. And for as much as everyone likes streaming and the accessibility of streaming, I think it was Colin Hodgson today, and my apologies if it wasn't, tweeted something about the accessibility of, of streaming that you can basically find any game or most games now. And even if it's not streamed in a high quality way, even if it's stationary camera, a lot of clubs have that. There is a certain consumer choice element to streaming that does not exist when a game is broadcast. And that's 100% true. What is also true, though, that the thing that I don't like about streaming, so if you take tonight, for instance, after we finish this, I'm going to edit it together. And yeah, I do edit it, even though some people might not believe that. (laughs) I'm going to edit this a little bit and I'll flip between the end of the Raptors game and the World Series. Mm -hmm. When you're on a streamer, that's a lot. You can't really do that. That's hard to do. You have to sort of get out of the app, go into a different app. So that's one of the things for a sports fan that when there is a night with multiple games that you want to kind of keep track of, you can do that pretty easily on TV. Now the counter is get another TV and stream two things or do one on your phone. Like, so there are ways to do it, but I kind of like the, I kind of like the flip back and forth. Yeah. And you're right. It is easier to do that on the the TV with the cable. Sean, you know, at my house, uh, occasionally I've set up two TVs to watch multiple football games, football, baseball, curling football. Uh, I think famously, We've watched uh, some Scotty's finals just before the Super Bowl. So, you know, I had two TVs going. It's possible. It's not easy. Uh, And it's just like you end up focusing on one more than the other. And so it is nice to be able to just flip on the same screen. Um, I often set up my laptop as like a third screen. You know, if something's going on, uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not for everybody and not everybody can do that as easily as can, you know, uh, just flip back and forth. So, yeah. And I mean, the reality too, is that when you look at streaming numbers on things that are accessible, like if you watch games, when Curling Canada put them on YouTube, you can see Mm -hmm. the number of people who are watching it and compare that to what the rating is when it's on TSN and the number is not even remotely comparable and it's still important to be on TV. That still does draw in more people than does streaming. 
obviously it's a transition. I think that transition is more in the United States than here, especially for sports fans. If you look at where sports are in the United States, if you want to see everything, you have to have NBC and Peacock. You have to have CBS and Paramount Plus. You have to have Fox, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and TNT like you need all of those things in Canada. Everything is kind of concentrated to Sportsnet and TSN. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little easier for us here that if you have those two stables of channels, then you're doing pretty good and can see most things with the exception of, I guess, MLS is exclusive to Apple worldwide. But other than that, like even the football games that are on Amazon and such, we can watch them here on TSN still. Yeah, I think some of the some of the soccer is on DAZN without being available on TSN anymore. The Champions League used to be on TSN. I think it's on DAZN now. But uh, anyway, you're right. It, it is less a fragmented market up here. Yeah, I just think that uh, there sh- it shouldn't be this big of a hurdle to clear right. to be able to see the, these things on TV. Get, like given that streaming was promised to be like the great equalizer and democratize, you know, the viewing of stuff and not be beholden to the cable companies. Well, now we're beholden to our ISPs and a bunch of different streaming services that cost 10, $20 a month. So it seems like to me, it's all trending back towards the cable model of bundling, but what the hell do I know? I've just read some books by Jim Miller. That's probably... (laughs) As far as I go on it, one thing too, Sean, it, I walked into the Ottawa curling club on Monday night and saw the game on the TVs. And I yeah. don't think that that many venues like venues like this or sports bars are set up to be able to broadcast things that are on, you know, Apple or uh, on TSN plus. So right. you're not going to be able to have the casual viewer who's going into a bar one night and say, oh yeah, the curling's on. Like it, it won't be yeah. on, it won't yeah. be on at your local curling center, uh, after the game. So a, a tough blow there too. Yeah. I think that's the one thing about streaming that is important to keep in mind that you have to seek it out that if you're at home and, and this is something that again, and, and I realize that people getting cable that those numbers continue to decrease, but that is one of the things that you can find casual fans who could be flipping around or just looking for something. Okay. They land on this and they stick with it on streaming where people have to seek you out. Nobody's kind of just finding you and sticking with it. So that whole market goes away, whether or not that's a significant enough thing. But the, the reality is that it means that the subsidies that came from people buying cable and not watching certain channels, those go away so those mm-hmm. people who want to consume those products are going to have to spend more because yeah. we're not being subsidized anymore. So that's sort of the reality of it. And I, I don't know. Brave new world, Scott. Sure is, Sean. It sure is. All right. So let's uh, talk about the games because <laughs> games are going on. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, real quick because by the time most people are listening to this, it'll be different. But as we sit here, let's start on the men's side. Korea and Canada are, excuse me, Korea is 5-0, Canada 4-1. Canada is in. They have clinched. 
Japan also four and one, but Canada clinched because they beat Japan. Canada's loss did come to Korea. The next spots are between the United States and New Zealand, who have yet to play. They play on Thursday afternoon. In the interim, New Zealand plays Korea and the United States plays Japan. So a couple interesting matchups there as we head into the final day of the round robin on the A side. Any real surprises there, Scott, for you on the men's? Uh, New Zealand being three and two at this point is pretty, pretty impressive, although the wins that they have are kind of against the nations you would expect them to beat yes. or at least expect them to be able to uh, compete with. So interested to see their next games, you know, against Korea and USA and then uh, the U.S.'s games against Japan and, and New Zealand. Those are sort of, you know, if Japan can beat the U.S., they, I think, would clinch a spot and then it would be between the U.S. and New Zealand for that last one, likely coming down to that head-to-head matchup Thursday afternoon. Well, not likely. It would come down to that head-to-head matchup. Um, okay, I just wanted to couch a little bit because I was doing yeah. math on in my head on the fly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's the situation there on the men's side. On the women's side, the four teams are set as we head into the final day of round robin play. I should say the final morning of round robin play, Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific time. But the four teams are set, Japan and Korea with the United States all in at five and one. So the final draw will determine seeding Canada in at three and three. Carrie Anderson has beat Australia, New Zealand, and Chinese Taipei and has lost three in a row to Japan, Korea, and the United States of America. They have Mexico left on their docket and Mexico has won a game. They beat Australia earlier this week so the playoffs are set i don't think any surprises in those four playoff teams there scott at all no that's exactly who you would have thought would be in there at the end of the week uh, the order might be a little different than you would have thought given uh, team anderson's pedigree but uh what did we say before we started sean uh, when you've won that many national championships it's hard to care about the regular season eh? yeah hard to really get into it so when you look at their results so far made it to the final of the points bet lost in the quarterfinals of the Savile shootout semifinals of the tour challenge. So they haven't played too much. They've played 20 games so far this year, still probably getting their legs under them a little bit. But once we get to January, February, that's really all that kind of matters. Uh, for yeah. This and team. Sean, is it, is it three teams qualify for worlds or four? Uh, we should look that up. I think it's four. One of the WCF's frequently asked questions, Scott, for the Pan Continental. Why mm. does this event exist? <laughs> it's uh, kind of what you like to see. So in terms like of that. the uh, world championships, though, top five men's teams are going to qualify top four on the women's side because Canada is already in. So Carrie Anderson could just go home if she wants to. If- you know, she's so does got, that mean then then the fifth place team behind Canada will get in? Yes. Four spots are available here. Yeah, because Canada already has one. So uh, that matchup now, it's New Zealand and Chinese Taipei. Both are two and four on the week so far. They both have tough games with the Americans for New Zealand and Korea for 
Chinese Taipei, Australia has Japan, and, and Mexico, as we say, has Canada. So I would say right now, New Zealand is in the pole position because they have the tiebreaker against Chinese Taipei for that world championship spot. On the men's side, New Zealand and the United States are in. Probably. Yeah. So, so yeah, the uh, and New Zealand on the women's side has the draw shot challenge against both Australia and Chinese Taipei. So, yeah, so it looks like the world championship teams are set for the A side with the four additional women's team and the five on the men's side. Over on the B side, only three teams are making the playoffs, at least in the women's. Yeah, because there's only six teams. Yeah. So over on the men's B side, China is in first place at 5-0. and oh, The Philippines, 4-1. and one. Hong Kong, our pal Jason, 3-2. and two. He's tied with India, also at 3-2. and two. Then Saudi Arabia, Mexico at 2-3. and three. The Brazilians, 1-4. and four. Kenya, looking for their first win at 0-5. Over on the women's side, three teams make the playoffs here. China and Jamaica, Jamaica, as we speak, are in. Jamaica is 4-0. and oh. Brazil and Hong Kong at 2-2. Two and two. They play Thursday morning. Winner is in. Loser is not in. And China and Jamaica are playing for first place in the pool to get right to the final. But Scott, talked a little before we started to record. It's just kind of cool to look at a standing and see... Jamaica 4-0 in curling. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh it's really cool to see. I'm just looking at uh who this team is. It'll be really cool to uh uh dig in and see them and you know if they manage to make it up to the A division next year, which I think they have with uh, this performance. Uh yeah, I'm I'm really excited to learn more about this team. Yeah, so a really cool story there, skipped by Christine Hall, along with Madeline Spurgeon, Stephanie Chen, and Margot Shepard Spurgeon. So congratulations to them on a very successful week so far. Of course, I have to see how it plays out. Uh, Playing the class of the B-side to this point in China in that final round robin game, but at the very least, they will be in a semifinal. And I think if you told them at the start of the week that, hey, going to bed Wednesday night, worst case scenario for you moving forward is a semifinal. I think they definitely would have taken that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd take that. Yeah, I'm not even in it. So <laughs> I don't, I, that doesn't make sense. Whatever. <laughs> hey, you know, you can only play who's in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. So, Scott, anything else from the Pan Continental Championship out there in Kelowna that has caught your eye? Uh, not too too much. I um I was gonna look at the weather in Kelowna because we've had some snow here, Sean, in Ottawa, and I thought that there was snow in the forecast there, but maybe I'm imagining things. Oh, there's highway alerts. That's what I was thinking uh-huh. um, for like freezing rain on the passes. So anybody who's, you know, traveling to Kelowna this weekend, please be careful. Uh, otherwise, no, uh, not not too much crazy coming out of it other than what we've already talked about. So, yep. uh, yeah, looking forward to playoff weekend. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. The sponge towels were there. Saw that on social media from the commercial. Ooh. So that was a thing that happened. I did like when I watched it, the setup that they did for the Kelowna Curling Club. It, it is clearly a curling club when you watch. Mm-hmm. 
but they've covered up a couple of the sheets. They do have the divider for the house and stuff. So, I mean, it, it looks okay for TV. It's not an immediate from the overhead. Oh, oh God, that's a curling club. And so yeah. it, you know, th- there is enough space and they were bringing people in kind of what they do in some of the provincial championships when they do them in clubs on the end sheet, set up some temp bleachers. So you still have a bit of atmosphere in the building, which for the broadcast, I think is helpful kind of dampens the echo a little bit, get some external yeah. noise, kind of nice for the ambiance of it. So it uh, seems like as Brad Gushu was saying, the curling club, the Kelowna curling club itself and for the local organizers in Kelowna have done uh, a good job and it's not really their fault that their facility is what it is mm-hmm. that the WCF hasn't made accommodations for the players. So congratulations to the folks out in Kelowna for what they have been able to put together in what has seemingly been somewhat difficult circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd think though, with all that space saved by covering up a couple sheets, you know, maybe the players could warm up in one of those areas, but who am I to say? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So there you have it. Our little wrap up of what's been going on out in Kelowna. And I think that'll do it for us this week. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you have not yet, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, likes, rates, comments, all that stuff helps us out. You can always head on over to gamestonespod.com. All of our past episodes are there. Plus link to the merch, get yourself looking sharp for your games with some of our merch and you can always follow along everything we got going on at Game of Stones pod on social media. Scott, that now includes blue sky hey good stuff i'm I'm looking forward to spending more time on blue sky yeah so it's game of stones pod on blue sky thanks so much to shelly for the invite code uh we have that set up i set it up last night uh only followed a handful of people i didn't have a lot of time to sort of search around and start following people but we're on blue sky in addition to twitter and instagram it's game of stones podcast over on facebook and of course if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show game of stones podcast at gmail.com scott one other fun piece of news or one update that i neglected to share before and that's from our pal jerry hermans oh yes at the world mixed curling championship Belgium, for the first time ever, finished fifth best performance at an international competition for Belgium. Jerry was very excited about that. And so congratulations to him and the team. Very exciting news. Uh, Very excited to see that. So congratulations to them. Yeah, Sean, and Belgium is a place that you and I have spent a little bit of time, you know, and so uh, very happy for uh, the Belgians there and their accomplishment. Yeah, so uh, wonderful news there. They are in the Euro Bs on the men's and women's side coming up, trying to get into the A's. And then the uh, early next year, Belgium is hosting a WCT 100 series event. Wow. Uh, late January for the men, early mid-February for the women. I certainly encourage you to check that out. I'll put a link down in the show notes to that event. Uh, according to Jerry, still some spots available for some teams so if you want to get into a wct 100 series event there in belgium it is a go so uh, exciting times there jerry is going to be the tournament manager so uh, good luck to him putting that together and uh, good luck to all the teams that uh, turn out for nice little uh, belgian curling event 
Yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. So with that, we'll say thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, get those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...